This episode of the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey is brought to you by Retro Days. Sign up now for your free profile at retro-daze.org. From there, you can visit the forum or contribute articles which earn points towards fun prizes in the Retro Days Point Store. Click over from today's show notes and begin the fun at Retro Days. And by fun.com, the best place on the web to find officially licensed gifts, costumes, toys, and more. Fun.com also offers a variety of exclusive products they make themselves and you won't find anywhere else. Search great brands like Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Care Bears, and many more. Click the Fun.com link in today's show notes to shop the latest products and also save 10% site-wide through August 7th, 2021. Your savings is automatically deducted in your cart, so just click and shop. Fun.com, your go-to destination for exciting and unique gifts. The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! The Retro Network Time Machine is back once again to revisit our pop culture past. You've got Jason here, and Mickey has returned. I am back. I would like to say that Tim done a great job filling in for me, but in all honesty, I haven't got to listen to anything but the first five minutes yet. Well, that's uh, understandable. Uh, you do have a long commute, though, so I'm not going to let you off the hook too much. No, I've been catching up on the other shows, though. Our newest show, Very Brady Podcast, I had to listen to. And, mm-hmm. And I was listening to the new episode of Wizards with my old friend Nick in Logan from mm-hmm. Met Him Once Upon a Time. So, all in due time. Yeah, uh, I'm behind as well, but uh, yeah, we gotta keep up with it. I've uh, listened to uh, the latest episode of the Brady Podcast as well, and uh, I'm I'm kind of getting the the itch. I, I'm I'm not quite scratched it yet, but we'll see. We can uh, maybe with the next season beginning with that, we can uh, watch along. Did you um? Like I said, I haven't listened to last week's show. Have you made the official announcement on this show yet? Yes. Yes, oh, okay. we did last week. And hopefully everybody went over and listened. And uh, we teased the giveaway, which is still ongoing. If you're listening to this show on uh, release day, you still got some time to enter that contest. You just got to listen to a very pretty podcast. And they'll give you all the details. Well, you may have already covered this, but I'll cover it because I hadn't heard it yet. But when we got to talking to these guys, it felt instantly like they were custom fit for everything we do at the retro network. And I'm talking about their personalities in the VIP lounge and just two good dudes. It seems like so. Yeah, it does. I think they're going to be a great addition to the family. Absolutely. Hopefully they have felt welcome and uh, we hit them right off with uh, <laughs> a sponsorship, uh, basically network wide and, uh, hopefully they uh, have enjoyed their time so far. And like we mentioned uh, last week, their show will be dropping on Tuesdays or has been dropping on Tuesdays. So we have bumped our show back to Monday. So you're going to get to listen to us kick off your retro podcast week. Yay. 
So, so how have you been, man? Did you get any chance to relax over Memorial Day weekend or? I, yeah, I got 17 good minutes in that weekend. Did of relax you? Time. Yeah. No, hey. in all seriousness, I, I did get a little bit of downtime and I was selfish with it. I just sat on the couch for a little while, one of those days. Would that be the uh, couch that lights up? It would be. Yeah. Um, with the light up cup holders. and <laughs> Yes. What you've been watching? We watched the new Army of the Damned with Batista in it on mm-hmm. Netflix, Netflix original. I don't, I guess you've probably not got to see it. No, um, still have not resubscribed. It's okay. It's not great, but it was like, like we say, it was not a waste of time. It was fun. It's a good two hour popcorn movie. And I watched another Netflix original, co- uh, not cocaine, hell, concrete cowboy. Uh, about the Fletcher Street Cowboys in Philadelphia. Really good oh, movie. Really not aware good of that. Oh, yeah. The horses in Philadelphia. They're not there anymore, but all through the years. You'd have to watch the movie. They tell the history of it. But okay. There used to be stables all over Philadelphia, and people rode horses and had like horse shows in the parks and stuff. A little bit of country in the city. Good for them. Interesting. Okay. I don't know my Philadelphia history other than, uh, you know, like Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm on the other side of the state. But That's the anyway. city that booed Santa Claus and threw ice balls at him. At the That's right. Yes, it, yes yeah. they did. Yes. Those fans are uh, very passionate indeed. Well, we, uh, we had a fun little quick trip to the beach and got a little beach time. We got uh, just uh, hanging out with the family, you know, and all that over to Memorial Day weekend. That was great. We've been watching some stuff too. We went through, me and the uh, oldest went through all of the Star Trek movies, like oh, all wow. 10 of them. Yeah. Mm. I hadn't watched them in a long time and he hadn't watched them at all. And I think I've made a Star Trek fan out of him, not really intentionally versus Star Wars. He's pretty much told me I like these better than Star Wars. So I had that downtime. It was on Sunday, it was low 60s and rain here. Mm hmm. And I was like, I'm going to use this as an excuse to just crash on the couch for a while <laughs> and just watch, just watch yeah. a couple movies and then go on about my business. Well, good deal, man. Glad you got at least uh, one day in there, I guess, <laughs> or, or a couple, maybe back to back. You didn't work Memorial Day, did you? No. Well, I mean, here I did Yeah. around home, but I had enough time to put that monster burger together, though. I put a picture of on the VIP oh. lounge. Dear God, that thing was was monstrous, man. You need a flip top head to fit that in your mouth. That was oh, crazy. I had to crush it down and stuff kept falling off of it. I had a good six or eight bites with a fork after I was finished with the burger, just picking up the droppings off of it. Nice. Man, I I had a uh, almost a heaven opening moment in Florida. When I found the world market, you know, we don't, we lost world market and I was so happy to find that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get some cheer wine tonight. Oh yeah. I walk in nothing but diet cheer wine was there, but I picked up a bottle anyway, just to give me that little taste of it, you know? And then I found out yesterday we have a cookout restaurant in town that just opened within the last year and they have cheer wine in the fountain. Oh yeah. Gosh, it's a North Carolina. It's a North Carolina based company. Have you ever, have you actually eat there yet? 
Yeah, I, that's okay. what I did. I made a point go this week, uh, basically just to get the cheer wine, but I wanted to try the their best stuff. milkshakes of any place in the country that I've ever been. Their milkshakes are phenomenal, and they've got like 39 of them, so you can't go wrong. Uh, and I, the tray combo is the best deal for the money and fast oh food. Oh, I got french fries and onion rings, mm-hmm. and I got I tried their uh, their cookout dogs. So with the chili and the coleslaw and uh-huh. mustard, I can't remember how what all they do for their like cookout style, but holy crap, those were good. Mm-hmm. And, Everything of theirs is good and cheap. And they do, they do like cheer wine floats too. I think I'm going to do that next time I go. Let me change what I just said. I said they're cheap. They're not cheap. They're a value. There yeah. Yeah. Definitely a value. So I was, yeah, I was in heaven. After I, it was kind of a bust when I found that world market. It, I'm, I'll be going back there, even though it's not close to where my work is. So, all right. Well, we're going to do some catching up, maybe in the uh, more catching up in the after hours we mentioned uh, before the show. But you want to go ahead and jump in the time machine and get going this week? Yeah, let's go. Where are we going? Anywhere from January 1st, 1980 to December 31st, 1989, because we've done this on the old Retro Network podcast. It's a random 80s episode. Each of us come armed just with some random stuff from the 80s we want to talk about. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. A lot of it has to deal with my uh, deep dive into newspapers and stuff recently, but we'll get to it. This is uh, going to be real fun, jumping all over the place and just whatever random stuff comes to mind. So, let's jump in the time machine and get going. All right, here we are floating around in the 80s, my favorite decade, possibly your favorite decade. Do you have a favorite decade? Actually, it's like from 85 to 95. It's like my favorite era. So it kind of splits because I don't remember with much detail a whole lot before 85. I mean, I remember Masters of the Universe and having some G.I. Joes and some Legos and stuff. But, uh, you know, most of my actual memory memories eh, span the yeah. two decades. Yeah, mine's probably like 82 or 3 to 94 mainly, but... I do love the 80s, so here we are. Uh, you want to tell me uh, what random thing you want to start off with? Yeah, you know, I didn't set out to have a connecting theme, but four of my five are more of like experiences than things. So Okay. But, but I'll start with the thing, though. That way I just get it out of the way. And that was the NWA wrestler Lasertron that debuted in 1987. Whether you like wrestling or not, any child of the 80s would appreciate Lasertron. I guess Dusty Rhodes, the booker, saw how popular Laser Tag was uh, and then co-opted the name Tron because it had been a popular movie and created the wrestler Lasertron. You can look up wrestler Lasertron on your Google machines while I'm talking about him. But he had like the laser tag vest and he had a cool mask and they got Hector Guerrero to play the character. And he was kind of a high flying Mexican wrestler. So his moves were different than everybody else. And as a nine year old who was a big wrestling fan, I was just all in on Lasertron. (laughs) Did he actually have the laser tag thing on his shirt? Like he, he would was... take it off before the match. Okay. But yes, he he, so had he wore it in. Yeah. yeah. 
and he wore like uh, the gun belt with the laser tag I gun holster. It. I see that. That's crazy. Ring. But he had the forearm pads and the cool boots and the cool mask. He just looked cool, and he wrestled cool. His first match in, he won the NWA light heavyweight title, or at the time, the World Junior Heavyweight Championship from downtown Denny Brown, who I was also a fan of. But just where a lot of wrestlers would shoot a dude into the ropes and run at him with the clothesline, just the little things he had done. He'd shoot him into the ropes, do a tumble flip, and stand up and clothesline him. It just, it was so cool the way he wrestled. So, uh, he wasn't around real long. Matter of fact, what year was it? Night by 1990, Hector Guerrero, who was under that mask, went on to portray the gobbledygooker at survivor series in the WWF, <laughs> the dancing jive Turkey. But Hector Guerrero was a heck of a wrestler all through his career. So it was no wonder he was good. Matter of fact, his brother Mondo Guerrero, was the wrestler who trained all the women of glow and was actually a uh, consultant for the Netflix glow series done the choreography for the, the wrestling sequences in the TV show. Very, and uh, Eddie, it's his older brothers, Eddie Guerrero. You probably remember from the other days. Of course he was a very late life child, but uh, all the other Guerreros were big stars when he was just a kid. So a lot of history there with laser Tron. Why does he have antenna? Uh, well, you know, I guess maybe to <laughs> differentiate just enough to keep lawsuits from coming uh, out. Maybe. Right. I yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Interesting gimmick. It seemed like it was more of, he would have been a better fit in the WWF than the NWA at the time, but it's still cool. Right. Yeah. That was, uh, I, I don't remember that wrestler at all. I mean, I, I know, the Guerreros and how, uh, you know, all of them went on to be pretty big into wrestling, but I ne- would have never known that one was, uh, donning this get up here. This is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> laser Tron laser with a Z. Yes. Well, yeah. so was the toys though. Laser. Tag That's right. Yeah, it was. All right. That's a fun pick there to start out. Uh, Starting out my pick, I just sent you an image over there on Slack. And like I said, I've been going through all these old newspapers and stuff. And, you know, you think about New Year's Eve and partying and and all this stuff. You know, I've never been to Times Square. I don't know if I ever cared to. But if I could go back in time on New Year's Eve, I think I would do it right here with this uh, showbiz pizza place newspaper ad I found back from 1986 and I'll put it up in the show notes for everybody to uh, to look at on the website. New Year's family fun at Showbiz Pizza and some there's a couple things in here that I'm like blew my mind but anyway. So they had a, a Santa stage show all yeah, through December. Stuck out to me more than the rest of it. <laughs> I had never yeah, I never never remembered them changing up the whole, you know, rocket fire explosion scene so i don't know if they just put santa hats on them or what but uh come in and see our santa stage show all through december and i think this was early december when this ad came out for 6.95 for adults and 3.95 for kids all you can eat and drink pizza soda sandwiches and buffalo wings that's from 9 p.m to 2 a.m on new year's eve 
I like uh, the line BYOB if you'd like. Bring your yeah. own beer. That is so cool. Yeah. No, and that's the thing about this ad. You got a champagne toast for the adults, of course, just for the adults. But uh the fourth uh, point right here, adults allowed in the sea of balls. Yeah. <laughs> And you want drunk uh, adults, drunk parents in your sea of balls. <laughs> there will be more sea of balls talk in the after hours. <laughs> this is so, as a warning slash teaser for people. But yeah, I just go through the, the bullet points here. All you can eat, what I mentioned there, the champagne toast, an exciting 1986 countdown show. I don't know what that entailed. The uh, adults loud in the ball pit, noisemakers, hats, and streamers for everyone. Pitchers of beer are a dollar off the regular price. Dancing games and fun for all. And BYOB. Yeah. <laughs> Can you seating, imagine? Seating oh. limited call for reservations. That is just, so cool. I just think about, you know, if we took our kids or remember taking our kids to Chuck E. Cheese and having the option to drink your day away <laughs> while you're there, you know. You just don't get that anymore for the parents. Yeah. They gotta yeah. they gotta take it all in and go drink later after they get home, you know. <laughs> That's why God made flask, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. No, I'm I saw doing that it. ad. Go ahead. I'm doing it. I'm leaving my job. I'm cashing out my 401k. I'm opening a pizza place more reminiscent of Pizza Hut than Showbiz, but I'm gonna do stuff like this ever yeah. so often. Pictures of beer. I mean the parents need it, man. You get yeah. those crazy kids. You hear them screaming all over the place and got to take the edge off. So <laughs> I, that, that ad just uh, struck a chord. Well, let's go from one food place to another. The 80s were the last glory days of McDonald's Playlands. I posted a picture on Twitter here a couple of weeks ago about an old McDonald's Playland from the 80s because it was right around 1990 when everything started transitioning to the big plastic slides and the ball pits and all that stuff. But give me the old skin scorching chrome slide. Yes. The fireman pole, you know, the Mayor McCheese jailhouse that you'd climb up into, the little. I don't know what you'd call them. The little hobby horse things you'd ride on the big giant rusted spring sticking up out of the ground. <laughs> yeah. And, and your parents sitting inside in the shade and not monitoring anything you were doing. <laughs> when you could oh, just man. run rough shot over the whole playground. <sighs> Technology is a wonderful thing. Safety is a wonderful thing, but you know, I feel like we've, we coddle this next generation way too much. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so some kid gets a finger sliced off maybe every now and then <laughs> they have a story to tell for the rest of their life. Every time they try to point at a sign and be like, Oh, my bad. Let me tell you how this happened. You know, they're going to think fondly back on that playground. <laughs> yeah. I did not have one at my McDonald's. Um, but I remember some places like heart. when we would go and, uh, go up to my grandparents' house that was two hours away on the weekends. I remember there was one somewhere in between that had some of those elements. And I don't think all of these, but yeah, I, I never got that full experience as a kid. Have you ever clicked over? I've seen this, this, e this eBay auction has been up forever, but this dude selling, 
uh, 15 pieces for $21,000. Yeah. It's a train set. It's like uh, a couple cars. You've got Ronald on the bench. You've got the mayor, or no, you've got the uh, the jail. Who is that? Not Mayor McCheese, but the sh- sheriff guy, whatever. You've got him. You've got that slide that goes all the way from the, it's like a spiral slide. Mm-hmm. You got Grimace on something there. That might have been a merry-go-round. And then you've got all those, yeah, spring-loaded pieces too that are like hamburger faces. Mm-hmm. 21 grand. Shoot, I might have to buy those and repaint them and put out in front of my pizza place. Picnic yeah. table. Wow. I just can't imagine having that like in your backyard. <laughs> and backyard right next hell, to put it in your front yard. Well, this is, looks like that's where he this guy has it. I could be wrong, but he's got it all fenced in and right next to uh Ronald there's a sign posted no trespassing. <laughs> <laughs> no playing kids. This is vintage crap right here. <laughs> Collectible. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, w- I the experience I had with McDonald's was the little uh, seats that rotated and the little tables, you know, for just the kids. There was like a little area like that that mm-hmm. we would. Uh, I remember at least having one birthday party there in that little area, but not all of the stuff outside. We didn't have any playground outside at our local one. Bless your heart. So, yep, childhood ruined. All right, uh, let's see. I'll move on to. Okay, this is another thing I saw in a, a newspaper that uh, I had not remembered at all, maybe because it didn't last very long, and it was early 80s, 82. 7-Up introduced like cola. I've heard about that, but I don't know anything about it. Like cola was 99% caffeine-free. Like I said, it was introduced by 7-Up. They had commercials. I had... I did remember the commercial, not from back in the day, but just from scrolling through, you know, YouTube wormholes. Tim Conway did their commercials, and it was a sponsor for the 83 Winston Cup race at Pocono Speedway, Ooh. or Raceway. And what uh, what Wikipedia says was, because 7-Up distributed other colas like Coke and Pepsi and even RC Cola, which I think is now their sister uh, soda. And they all had other like caffeine-free colas as well. They just they did not sell. So, And some of them refused to sell like cola. So yeah. it was limited, and by probably 83 or 84, it was off the market. But I thought that was cool that 7-Up made a cola. And I think they... Well, I don't know. I didn't see if they had tried to bring it back or, d- or do anything with it. But Well, do you remember the old Slice Cola? They tried a cola under the Slice brand name once upon a time, too. I, th- I think I do remember that. Maybe a Cherry Cola, too. Yeah, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. I like 7-Up. I like the, in this area, the, the way the bottling works, 7-Up, RC, Cheerwine, Sundrop, they're all together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the four horsemen of soft drinks as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Maybe swap out Sundrop for Mountain Dew, obviously, but right. You know, yeah, I, yes. I, I wholly support them. Seven Up is 
my uh, lemon lime soda of choice, and I like the RC Cola. I, I don't remember them like changing their label much. It's it's still kind of retro when you look mm-hmm. at it in the aisle. So I'm glad they've kind of kept it that way, and they're loyal people. I haven't drank a lot of RC over the years, but being uh, diabetic, I tell you, in the summertime, about my favorite soft drink is Diet Cherry Seven Up. It's just so mm-hmm. cool and crisp and refreshing. Do y'all go check out Light Cola? If you see any bottles in, a, you know, like a thrift store or antique mall, you might want to pick one up because they weren't around for very long. Well, I don't know if you remember a whole lot about when you got your first VCR or you was around somebody with VCR, I know you've told the stories, maybe it was HBO where you'd go to a neighbor's house and depending on what yeah. he's watching, you'd have to ask your parents, could you watch? Right. Yeah. But somehow actually what spawned this topic to do another eighties random episode was I was just thinking about my first real summer of movies, which had to have been 1986. And by summer movies, my cousin Tim lived beside us and his dad worked third shift. And we had a little video rental store in town and he'd go rent a movie and I'd go over in the summertime. And during the day, we'd watch movies, my cousin, myself and and him. And in that summer, it's how I fell in love with movies. I remember these are just the ones I remember him renting that we watched that summer was uh, the Blues Brothers. Uh, the Karate Kid, Back to the Future, uh, Meatballs, and there was another big one. Well, the Karate Kid, Back to the Future, Meatballs. Good gosh, I can't remember. There was another big one that summer I remember watching. So seeing all those movies for the first time on the VCR and just coming to grips with the fact that technology was there, that you could just watch a movie whenever you wanted to. Mm-hmm. It was just so cool because we didn't have a VCR in our house at the time. Well, I know I tell you how I remember how I know it was 1986 was because the first wrestling VHS I ever watched was Starcade 85, and he rented that for us one summer. So that event was in November 85, and so the following summer it probably came out on video in like March or April or May you know, when the video right. was released back then. So it would have to have been the summer of 86 was my first real summer of movies. And it was cool. Cause you know, you'd sleep in, it was a summer day, do whatever at home, go to Tim's play a while outside till his dad got up, and went to the video store. And then the hottest part of the day, you go into the air condition and you're watching karate kid back to the future, <laughs> you know, yeah. and there were so many other movies. That's where I first saw grunt the wrestling movie. Yeah. It's, just that whole first summer because i was actually thinking about an article i was going to try to write for retro ramblings about a couple different summers of movies for you know as a kind Mm -hmm. of summer series thing i was thinking about when we had our black box in 1990 91 my brother and i on rainy days we just watched the same movies over and over on (laughs) pay-per-view uh that year in 86 and stuff like that and i was like you know what there's several things from the 80s i i want to reminisce on so Watching those movies that year was, it's still a highlight of my life so far. Yeah, I didn't, we didn't get a VCR that I can remember because my parents split in 1989, 90 era. And I don't remember having a VCR until after that happened. So 
anytime we were renting movies, we were renting the VCR or I was watching it at another, somebody else's house that had one. So like the first ones I remember renting, I remember renting Star Wars with one of those old top loader VCRs for a birthday party. And that must have been probably 85-ish. I don't think it was any sooner than that. Maybe 84, so eight or nine years old. And then later in the 80s, I did it again. We rented like uh, Harry and the Hendersons and the Dirt Bike Kid. I remember those two movies. That was probably around 88, I think. Renting those two for like a birthday party. And we yeah, we had cable early. We got cable early like... I don't know, probably 81-ish. So I, I grew up with cable, not the whole full scope of cable and not like the pay channels like you were referencing. I had to watch those at other people's houses too. But most of our movies, once they came to cable, we were watching them there and not not really renting much from the store until right. like the early 90s. But I do remember, yeah, like um, I think Back to the Future was a rental too that I think about it. And... The, some of those bigger ones, like you were mentioning, but I never really had a full summer like that where I discovered movies. I would go to some at the theater, but not really experience them at home unless it was on cable. Well, it wasn't just movies. Uh, that's where, you know, I was, of course, a big fan of G.I. Joe. They had the original FHE lineups of the old VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. And Ernest would rent those too. And so we would watch the same episode of GI Joe about 14 times in a 24 hour <laughs> period till he had to return it, you know, just playing it on loop. But, uh, ah, good gosh. That was, you know, I'd went the first movie I ever saw in the theater and I was barely old enough to remember it was the toy with Richard Pryor. Okay. And then like, I don't remember, going to a theater again until I couldn't even tell you what movie, but it would have been late eighties, like 87, 88. Mm-hmm. So my uncle having that VCR and renting those movies, just it turned me on. Cause what movies were on back then on TV? Cause remember I didn't get cable to 88. So <laughs> what would you get? Like the CBS Wednesday night movie. And it was a made for TV, something or other that was on past my bedtime. Yeah, you know, or something really old like The Wizard of Oz or something, you know, Yeah, whatever. So that summer of 86, that, that was a grand experience right there. Mm-hmm. And I do remember watching Harry and the Hendersons at their house, too, you know, a couple summers after yeah. that, I would guess. But. Yeah, just a few, like, so I think I was pretty much the same way, but uh, I can't remember watching Ghostbusters in the theater, but I'm pretty sure that was the first one I ever saw. Because I was so over the moon for him come that Christmas in 84. But yeah, like I remember watching Transformers the movie in the theater, which I think was 86. And then Over the Top, we had talked about that before, that we had both uh, seen that in the theater. I think that was 87. So yeah, it was towards the, the later part of the 80s when I was going to more movies at the theater. And then uh, every once in a while, when there was some special event, I'd you know we'd get a VCR, but well, we never owned my, one. So in my area, I I don't know for sure what year that little theater in Chihuahua I always reference opened up, but it was late eighties. The Bristol Mall was the only theater around, and it was uh, over thirty miles away, so you you just didn't go to the <laughs> movies very yeah. often, you know. So well, cool, man. Yeah, I'd like to. 
see what you can remember about uh, a couple summers there when you first experienced movies because it, it's fun. And even just through the, the rental return podcast, hearing how everyone started experiencing home media and everybody seemed to have different points where they came into VHS or beta and then also the cable side of that too. So well, yeah, I know if you ever, if you ever get some time, that is, <laughs> yeah, well, I know we got our VCR by the tail end of 86, because I can remember the first thing we ever recorded ourselves on the VCR was the Smurfs Christmas special that was on in 86. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, let's go over to a different type of media here. And just talking about music last week and going through all the different formats and everything with Tim, one that uh, I stumbled across, I don't think it was in the newspapers, but just at random. And I had remembered uh, back in the day that I thought these were the coolest thing and just a different format of music. They were called pocket rockers and they were like micro cassettes and it was marketed to kids or at least teen kids. And they had their own little Walkman-sized player that you pop these cassettes into. And I think they had two songs on each cassette. But in the commercials, if you ever watch like the Pocket Rocker commercials, the kids are like wearing them on their clothes and they're clipped to, you know, like their jean <laughs> their jean mm-hmm. jacket, whatever. And I, I remember seeing them and I thought they were the coolest thing and never really went to that format. I mean, it's, it's a, again, just another format of music you have to buy, but being marketed kind of towards kids, I, I imagine a lot of people, maybe a, some people listening to the show that might've been their end to start collecting music is through these small little pocket rocker tapes. Do you remember them at all? Seeing the no, commercials or anything? I don't. I remember their early two thousands counterparts. I don't know what they were called, but You'd buy the little player and you'd buy the little thing. It kind of looked like a Game Boy game that you'd slap into the back of it. It'd mm-hmm. have like a Britney Spears song on it or something. And I remember seeing those, but I, I don't remember those from the 80s. So I'm over there on uh, on Wiki now looking at what was available. Mostly, you know, your pop music from the 80s, but they still dipped into like Beastie Boys and the Fat Boys and. Uh, David Lee Roth. Um, so it, it was kind of all over the place too with those little tapes. And I went over to eBay just to see what it would cost to, to get some of these, man. Some of those tapes or at least most of them from what I found were going for like 20, 25 bucks a piece. And that wasn't even in like the original, you know, plastic or whatever. There are some over there I've seen like that that are even more. And the players themselves, I saw one for like 70 or 75 bucks that was broken that they were selling. Like, wow. wow. So if you got any of these laying around, man, there were some bank. Well, I don't. So <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I Maybe never, like I said, knew. but I don't know. I just thought it was unique made by Fisher price. So just, uh, kind of marketing a way to market music to kids without having them to buy like a huge stereo or, uh, invest a lot of money probably back in the day. I don't know how much these were going for back then, but obviously a lot more affordable <laughs> than, than now. <laughs> so well, check those out this week if you can. 
as another teaser for after hours, there will be a little bit more Walkman talk then too. Oh, okay. So okay. People should show up. Excellent. Uh, let's see going off the movies, TBS in the late eighties. I miss TBS from the late eighties. Looking back on it, it was like the perfect channel for me, for my taste. You had the good mix of cartoons with Tom and Jerry's TBS Funhouse, where they not only showed Tom and Jerry, but Droopy and Popeye shorts all in that. Oh, I love Droopy. Mm-hmm. Not to mention you had the Flintstones and the Jetsons. So you had a good little cartoon block there. You had your classic shows like the Brady Bunch, which I saw the Brady Bunch on cable when I traveled with the old man. We'd be in a motel and I just, I was fascinated by all these shows I'd never seen or heard of. Uh, and then here comes TBS when I get cable and I've got the Brady Bunch every afternoon. You had your Andy Griffith shows and your, the Jeffersons and Sanford and son Gilligan's Island, Gilligan's yeah. Island. Yes. Every day at five. It's awesome. On the weekend you had your, uh, Orlando Wilson fishing shows. You had the best wrestling, NWA wrestling, and they had that whole movie library. What, what movie library did they have? Uh, Warner, was it Warner brothers? Ted Turner on. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Like the, the Turner classic movies, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But it would, you know, just on just random nights, it would be like this Tuesday night at eight clash of the Titans, you know, mm -hmm. followed by Charlton Heston in the 10 commandments. You're like, Oh, that's such a great double feature. Right. <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> and long double feature. <laughs> yeah. And in the summertime, like during the day, they'd always show that movie after little house on the prairie went off at 10 Oh five. It'd be a movie. And in the summertime, it was always like a Frankie Avalon summer, you know, beach movie. Oh my gosh. TBS was just a great channel back in the late eighties, early nineties. It 90s. was. Yeah. I miss it so much. Nowadays, you know, it's the comedy and you just, every night you get six hours of some sitcom. You're like, oh, come on. Let's go back to showing like it's Clint Eastwood week. It's the outlaw Josie Wales and hang them high on Monday and Tuesday yeah. is whatever, whatever, or the John Wayne movie fest or the Frank Sinatra movies or you know, three straight nights of Buford Pusser and walking tall, <laughs> the whole trilogy, just yeah. the stuff they would do was just so cool. It was cheesy, but it was cool. And the fact that the Oh five start times, I never understood it, but yeah, I never, I guess it was just a gimmick more or less to, uh, keep your shows going past the top of the hour when everybody else was changing over and just, to, I guess maybe try to keep you there, but yeah, I, I never said. Yeah, well, except for when Braves baseball was on, and yeah, then it was gone. I and I kind of appreciate made it a that great, too. Yeah, that made it a great channel too. If you were a sports fan, you knew you had Atlanta Braves baseball and Atlanta Hawks basketball. Yeah, whether you were a fan of either of those teams, you knew you were going to get a decent game, and your teams that you did like, you'd see on their own occasion playing those teams. Yeah. So. Yeah, especially if you're in sports, and there might have been some teams that you hadn't seen before or even uh, watch much of just because they're not in your area having the nationally based uh, channels like TBS and uh, we got uh, WWOR that had the Mets and we got WPIX which had the Yankees uh, I think we had WGN eventually you know to get all the Cubs games but uh, and of course we had the Pirates came in too but it was neat that they had that on there so you might find a game one night and against uh, their, you know, Braves playing against whoever, and you just didn't know or know much about that team, and made it kind of interesting to get something different than what you're used to, you know. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, I did appreciate that. But TBS was great. Yeah, in the mornings. Yeah, with all those cartoons and I well, maybe I'm thinking TNT as well. I don't know. Both of those channels I remember watching a lot of, and a lot of those blocks of reruns and. The old cartoons as well. Pink Panther. I think that was TNT mainly, but yeah, that was TNT. They were great. Yeah, they were great channels, man. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Okay, I'm gonna talk about something I found recently that um I had remembered back in the day, and I thought I'm I'm gonna start collecting some of these because uh well first of all we love our defunct department stores right. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we always talk about Hills, but I'll throw in Ames and even Kmart now. And uh, some of those old department stores, they made their own baseball cards back in the day. Yeah. And from what I was just did a little bit of research, once the major companies like, what well, Tops, uh, once Donruss came around and all those in the 80s, Bowman, and that kind of opened up the... Uh, all these other like stores and stuff to say, Hey, we don't have to just sell, we can sell our own cards and make some money out of this whole game since they were kind of blowing up mm-hmm. and Hills and Ames and all these places would go out and make their own uh, sets. So I went out and got one recently on eBay. That was a Hill set uh, from back in the eighties. I think 80, I think this is 88 maybe. And it's just basically one player from each team. It's the team MVPs. And I think a lot of these sets were just that. They did some different pictures, or they used the the stars of the team. Toys R Us actually has some that I've seen that are the rookies from each team. So I'm going to start going out and buying some of these packs. Uh, I have a couple that are basketball cards from Kmart that were a flip book. So you it had like the card on the front. You open it up. It had some stats and stuff, like a little mini book. Mm. And... Uh, I found a guide. I'm going to put this in link in the show notes too. over to uh, sports collectors daily. They have a catalog of 1980s baseball card box sets from all of these companies. So going all the way back to 82 Kmart was doing their own cards. And then there's uh, cards from circle K Woolworth McCrory's uh, Walgreens KB toys. I got one of those on the way. Woolworth, uh, 7-Eleven, let's see, what else? Cumberland Farms, I don't know what that is. Uh, some uh, some drugstore, Bymart maybe? Revco, Eckerd Drugs, Toys R Us. Uh, so, I, I don't know, they're not expensive. And there's probably not any cards in there that any real collector would want, even if there's a Ken Griffey Jr. in here from 89 or 90. Well, you never uh, know. But you never know, right. But I just like having the complete set. I love seeing the old logos, the Ames and Hills logos, and Toys R Us and KB. I mean, oh, it's just such a, a fun feeling. And I I did collect some of these, like I said, but I, I also remember like in um, like Frozen Foods and stuff too, like uh, Jimmy Dean Sausage did their own cards that you'd mm-hmm. find in their packs. and Oh, some uh, of the more, I ain't going to say more famous set, but like... Wonder Bread done mm-hmm. a lot of card sets. Um, what else had uh, Cracker Jack there for a while had many versions of Topps baseball cards that were out the same year. 
they were right. small, like maybe twice the size of a postage stamp, mm-hmm. but they were a replica of the bigger baseball card from that year. And it would be like the stars or the all-star cards or whatever. Right. Uh, post cereal Kellogg cereal used to do cards. There is a Cal Ripken jr. Card from the year he broke the iron man record. I want to say it was post or maybe it was Kellogg's cornflakes. That card's got some value to it. So some of them yeah. do have value. Even going back now and collecting comic books, uh, my strategy is still find a small run and try to get them all, you know, three or four or five issues. And the same strategy is kind of here as well, going and going back to all these uh, old department store sets, which are small sets, you know, maybe 30, 40 cards really at most. And in a nice little box, you know, to keep them in and, uh, I don't know. I just find them interesting and it's something that's not too expensive to go out and try to, to get some of these versus, you know, individual cards or something. But yeah, I, I, I really didn't care what the brand was back in the day personally, when we were collecting and trading and doing stuff like this, whether it was Don Russ or whatever came from Jimmy Dean sausage, you know, whatever it was more about the players back then. But I, I just think these are fun to, uh, would be a fun thing to start collecting. You know what you should shoot for? You should start collecting all of the Sid Breen cards you can find from all the various sets <laughs> through the years. Yeah, I could probably collect them all for less than, what, 40 bucks? <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. You've already got an autograph one. I was going to say, how much with. was that autographed one? Like two bucks. Yeah, see. So. <laughs> That's I a, wouldn't that's spent much more than right there, folks. Yeah, I wouldn't have spent much more than that on a gag. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't know. Did you have any of these sets, or remember any of these sets from Hills or department stores or anything? Well, I remember them, but we never bought them because we were hardcore collectors, as far as hardcore for a ten, twelve year old could be, and those cards weren't worth anything if they weren't right. in Beckett. We weren't interested. Right. The Kmart yeah. cards weren't in Beckett. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it was what it was. Some of them look a lot better than others. I'll, I'll definitely admit that. But now that we've lost all these old stores, man, I just love seeing those logos on the cards. Mm-hmm. So, Well, my last thing to talk about is afternoon syndicated television. Okay. Because I'm curious because, uh, Cartoons that were on in the afternoon after school vary based on where you lived and what your local TV channel was and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. what was on in your neck of the woods after school? And can you remember the order? Because I can remember the order myself. But um, well, well, how about I'll start? That way you know okay. what I'm talking about. Okay. So like uh, on NB, our local NBC affiliate at 4 o'clock was Masters of the Universe. And... 4.30 was G.I. Joe. And then Cartoon stopped on that channel. But they showed, and this is like 85, they showed Dukes of Hazard in syndication at 5 o'clock on in the NBC affiliate. You know, mm-hmm. Dukes of Hazzard was a CBS show. But to get He-Man, G.I. Joe, and Dukes of Hazard back to back to back. It's a kid's school, dream, man. Yes, it was. It was awesome. But then we got Fox 39, and they showed uh, G.I. Joe. And I can't remember what they showed with G.I. Joe. But the reason I bring it up, you know, everybody, like big fans of the Transformers cartoon and all that stuff, 
that was an afternoon show for a lot of people in my neck of the woods. It was a before school syndicated cartoon. Oh, and I wasn't allowed to watch cartoons before school. Thus, my transformer love is not on the level of most retro lovers because I just didn't have exposure to it as much. So I'm always curious, you know, Adam wrote a, an article back in the early days of the retro network about weekday morning cartoons of the nineties, like biker mice from Mars and stuff like that. All that stuff was syndicated stuff. I'm just always intrigued to hear what other people's experiences were. Mm -hmm. So what, what did you have? If memory served me right, we had one station that would run transformers and GI Joe in one hour. So I, I remember those two shows, I'm, I'm pretty sure, being back-to-back. And then probably, like, the other hour was He-Man and maybe Thundercats? Something like that? I, what I'll have to do is, since I'm on this newspaper kick, is see if I can find one close to my area and try to find out what was on then, or maybe some old TV guide scans if, if people have well, them. But that's the thing because local station, local stations ran different things. So it's not always right. something you can look in a TV guide and find on right. a national channel. My, I've, I've got some old TV guides from the mid eighties from my local area of TV guide. And when I've looked back at that at like four o'clock, it just says cartoons. You don't yeah, even say what sucks. cartoon, so that sucks. Yeah, you're at a loss. Well, I think um, wasn't the USA Cartoon Express on in the afternoons as well? Yeah, I was talking about the the syndicated stuff though before yeah. I had cable. But USA Cartoon Express, I loved the era there in the late '80s, very early '90s, when it they had Laugh Olympics and they had the Pebbles and Bam Bam show and Captain Caveman. All that stuff was on from like 6 to 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. That kind of lineup. Yeah, I can't remember exactly when that was on. I, I guess it was maybe later, but I, I do remember watching my mask show then. Um, I believe that was a USA Cartoon Express show. Would have been like, you know, 86, 87, somewhere in there when I started watching mask. But um, yeah, the local state, I, I don't specifically remember the order, but I'm pretty confident that gi joe and transformers was a back-to-back -back thing because i remember our bus I, I had to walk all the way down to the end of our street to catch the bus and i remember running home some days to get there before whatever it was maybe four o'clock when it came on and and trying to watch that stuff if i didn't have any homework to do or my, my parents weren't on me to get something done so yeah that was i know that was a power hour i watched and before we jump off of this, another teaser for After Hours, folks. I have some good cartoon talk coming on After Hours, too. Man, okay. Yeah, we're jumping all over the place <laughs> on After Hours today. That's awesome. Okay, so my last one, if you're done with your uh, I am. Uh, afternoons there. Last one is just a fun one that came to me a couple of nights ago. And I think everybody had in their possession at one point or another in their lives the memory game. Like the oh, yeah. back mm -hmm. in the day, Milton Some Bradley, version did, of it anyway. yeah, Milton Bradley did the memory game and it's that dates all the way back to, I think the sixties or seventies, probably when that first came out. But we've got two versions here in our house that are, uh, the cars movie, 
with all those characters. And then uh, Paw Patrol, of course, for my daughter. The Cars ones we've had since Jackson was a kid. So maybe, I don't know, 12 years or so that we would play. And I, I challenged myself to go back and see if I could remember the set that I had as a kid. And I found it. And it was just boom, like instant nostalgia, the Ooh. images from the cards. I had the fronts and backs uh, set of memory. And so you'd have like uh, uh, a front of a person and the, the matching card would be like the back of their head. And you'd have this kid on a tricycle going one way and then you'd turn it, you know, this match would be him backwards going the other way, you know. So it was cool. it was a front and backs match. And I went and I was looking up some of the stuff over, I think it was on Board Game Geek, some other ones they had that was released in the 80s. The front and backs that I had was from 1980, when they also re-released it in 84. came in that blue plastic tray, you know, you kept your cards in, and then there was still a box that went inside of that, um, or the tray went inside of the box. They also had one that was called Step by Step, where you had a series of like three matches and it was like maybe a, a, a chef baking a cake. So you sh- show them like putting all the ingredients together, you show them mixing it and then you show them putting it in the oven and you had to remember where all three of those and get them in order with matching. I had never remembered that uh, specific one. There was uh, one that was called match and move that came with an actual board. So you had like pieces that went around a board based on your matches that you you did. And there were some other ones that were animal-based and all this stuff, but it's just a classic game I think everybody had as a kid and maybe still have if you have kids or have had small kids, you know, in the last uh, decade or so. You remember picking up a, a memory match game. Yeah. I, my mom and I used to play the memory game. Now, we I could have had a just cheap knockoff dollar store version. Because mine, I remember having just simple symbols like a cake or a, a red balloon or a worm or, you know, mm-hmm. an apple. Yeah, you know. But we used to play it quite a bit. I was pretty good at it. Yeah. I think she just let me win, though. <laughs> well, we kind of split up the cards with me and my daughter play based on the uh, amount of room we have on the table. You know, there might be. I don't know, 20 matches there or something. And then we'll do the other 20 or so. Uh, and we kind of go back and forth. We don't like throw them all out there. <laughs> I think it would be overwhelming to her to have all of those out there, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a classic game. And that looking at those images from that, uh, that one that I had here yesterday or the day before was just, uh, I don't know. It just kind of mind jolted <laughs> back to when I was a kid, just a classic game. So, all right. Well, uh, I guess that's it then. That's going to be it for our uh, random 80s stuff. Yeah. Uh, nice mix this time, I think. Some television and movies and games and a little bit of food in there. and Some music. Yeah, music kind of all over the place. So, baseball we'll, cards. We'll have to do another 90s edition soon, too. Yeah, I was thinking that. As soon as you suggested that this week, I was like, oh, well, 90s are going to have to come back up again. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, let's uh, let's jump back in the time machine. We'll head back to the present and see what Mickey has been uh, planning for after hours, all these little teases he's been giving us. See what's going on. 
All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed our journey through the 80s. We stirred up some of your memories about uh, some of the things we talked about. Would love to hear it this week. Over on Twitter, at TRN Social. Our personal accounts are at RD80s at Yesterdayville. And if you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to the show. And if you're over on Apple Podcasts, give us a little rating. Or even just a or quick a review. One. Tell us. Or a big one. Yeah. <laughs> tell, us, uh, tell us what you enjoy about the show. Uh, and speaking of shows, we've still got After Hours for all of our VIPs over on Patreon. All right. Lay it on me. What you got planned? Oh, just a couple little things. One, we're going to talk about a great way to create your own retro Saturday morning cartoon lineup. And then uh, since we was doing 80s today, I thought I'd continue the theme. We're going to do a little 80s Did You Know in After Hours. Okay. Now, you being the uh, man who runs RediscoverThe80s.com, you may not be so surprised by some of these things, but some of the listeners probably will. Well, I'll be genuine about everything you bring to the table if I know it or not. So that sounds like fun, man. We always love digging into the eighties. So, all right. Well, hope you guys enjoyed the show. And, uh, if you're not on after hours, we do invite you to come over there over to patreon.com forward slash the retro network. If not for Mickey, this is Jason. We'll see you next week in time. See, I'm kind of, <clears throat> I'm starting to adapt to uh, modern technology. Part of okay. this I've got written down in my old analog notebook, and part of it I've got on the computer. <laughs> this has been a presentation of the Retro Network. <laughs>